want to be careful about equating good design to being creative, but I think being creative often leads to good designs, mm-hmm. if I can say it mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Outside the box, yeah. thinking yeah. a little bit. Right. And, and yeah. I sometimes have students, when I'm teaching lesson planning to them, I say, well, I'm just not that creative. And I say, oh, come on. You're an image bearer of God. You right. were created to create. Everyone is creative. Mm-hmm. creative. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Dave and Abby, good to see you. Hello. All right, folks, if you are new here, we find topics or questions, quotes from books we are reading, and we circle around them, toss ideas around, and we explore each other's thinking. That said, if you have ideas or quotes or feedback about this podcast, topics we can talk about, or just want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Com. Dave and Abby, we often start with a checking question here. Sometimes they're related to the topic, sometimes they're not. I don't think they're related to the topic, mostly because I don't know the topic that Abby's bringing. <laughs> but it would not surprise me if somehow this checking question is going to be tied in by you um, later on. So I actually have an option. I have an option Ooh, for you choices. for a checking question. Oh, you have good. Choices. I like choices. They're not related at all okay. to each other or to what we're about to talk about, I think. So... Would you, what fashion trend would you go back to from your high school days that you sort of miss? So what fashion trend would you go back to, would you bring with us? Or if we were going out karaoke tonight, what song would you sing? So I'm giving you two options. Both of these are very vulnerable, vulnerable questions. Yeah. Okay, I have mine. Oh, wow. All right. All right. All right, so my favorite song in high school was To Be With You by Mr. Big. And I feel like that is kind of a random choice, but it was my friends and I's favorite song. We used to belt it with all of our windows down right in our cars driving around the loop at small town Iowans will do. The loop. The I have no idea what Every that town is. has one. Every town has one. Do you really not know this concept? I do not know yeah. this concept. Okay. I, don't don't I don't think yeah. it happens anymore. No, I don't think so either. What's no. the loop? So we didn't have cell phones, obviously. Yeah, you're that old. I am that old. <laughs> and so <laughs> you're the worst. to hang out like on the weekend or during the week, we would all just meet like yeah. in our cars okay. at a designated spot on Main yeah. Street. And often our entertainment would be driving in circles in what's yeah. called the loop. In our small towns. Passing your friends? And yeah, and, and if we, you know, so we, we had what's called Felco in Rock Valley, and wow. we'd all meet there, and then we'd drive our loops. Sometimes we went to Sioux Center. Sure. Sometimes Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. I never, wow. I never preferred Sheldon, but other people did. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so. The truth comes out. Right, yeah. yeah. So. Mr. It, Big. But with that. Mr. Big thing. driving the loop. Yeah. Folks, if you. Yeah, if to you, be with you. There we go. That's my choice. Folks, if you are listening to this podcast and you have a loop or you had a loop and you're growing up. I think they're all gone. Could you please send us an email and just let us know what town. You're invalidating my experience. What loop and what song. What song. Here we go. I like that question, actually. Okay. That's a good one. What town. Tell us about your loop. Tell us about the song. Yeah. 
So I'll tell you, my, wow. my go-to karaoke song is We Didn't Start the Fire by oh, Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. my it's a good one. I know every word, but I'm not going to sing it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know every word to Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla oh, Ice. Oh, there's another good one, right? There is no end to the things you bring out, that shock. Like, <laughs> every word. I can sing the whole thing. <laughs> One okay. of these things is not like we're, the other. We're going to sing karaoke one of okay. these weekends, friends. Wow. <laughs> so we're not going to record it. No. We're not going to record it. Wow. How about you, what about you? Yeah. Oh, my word. Well, I don't sing, so I, there's no <laughs> nothing like karaoke. I, I can tell you that um, I went through a phase for whatever reason that when I was photocopying um, at the last school, and this happened for quite a while, when I was photocopying anything, I would start in my mind singing shares you can turn back time mm. and i have a distinct memory of for quite a while that song yeah. and i don't even know all the words of that song just the first few lines <laughs> i don't know that i'd karaoke but as you're but, making your photocopies you're yeah i'm singing i'm singing <laughs> share so i'm singing share and if i could bring one i don't know if it's fashion i just i just think mullets are the coolest i just think oh, the worst. you do not I'm having this conversation. Don't with invalidate my, my feelings, please. <laughs> I absolutely think they're the cool. When I see no. like, guys on campus right now, two things I think: a, I wish I could do that; b, that guy must play on the hockey team. Like, yeah, I just there it is. Right, like we often, I often associate, you know, with mullet like hockey hair yeah. is like the yeah, other yeah. name, yeah. and so yeah, I'm not I, a fan. <laughs> shocking. You didn't like us driving the loop, stare at all the guys with mullets? I don't think mullets were a thing. Yeah, it was mm. a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Not in my high school. It was all the long, flowy. Yeah, all right, folks, if, you, if, you want to sh- if you'd like to share loop, song, town, or what fashion item you'd want to bring back from your growing up experience, we, 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 you, and we can share those publicly. We would love to on our next podcast. So. If you're open to sharing, say so. Yeah. Right. Actually, okay. there is a connection here. There is. Okay. Because <laughs> we're right, going to talk about design. Let's okay. do this. Yes. All right. Okay. Abby, you... so, so this is the book I'm bringing today. Um, it's A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. And I read it years and years ago. Um, I think I told Dave that I think I first read it when I was in Dort's Master's of Education yeah. program. Yeah. I think it was a Me required too. text. Me too. It was. Yep. Um, and it's actually a business book. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an education book. And it is about the idea that um, uh, he talks a lot about left brain and right brain, how both are responsible for flourishing, right? But we yeah. usually think of academics and business in left brain terms, linear, rational, and we don't um, take advantage of or utilize the right design, whole brain thinking mm-hmm. um playfulness, empathy, some of those soft skills that live kind of in the right hemisphere of our brain. To, to be clear, too, he's using this as a metaphor, left metaphor, brain, right, right. brain. Not, not actually yeah, that right, things right. live in that yeah. part of your brain, but right. the idea right. of those yep. skills, right, yeah. thank you for yep. clarifying. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and, so, and so mixing this idea of the whole brain and bringing both of those sides yeah. together in the yeah. things that we do. And I'm going to, um, he, he has one part in chapter two where he talks about, and this really resonated with me, um, as a target shopper, right? I love, I love target. And he talks about how there are these, um, in, in, in an age of abundance, what we're looking for in products, for example, is not only their... Um, utility, but also their design and their beauty, yeah. right? And he uses the example of a toilet brush, actually, <laughs> because wow. there is an abundance of toilet brushes, right, that will do what they're 
made to do that the mm-hmm. utility of them is the same but which one am i going to choose mm. i'm going to choose the one that is designed the best right mm, and yep. so i'm attracted to that design and he talks about other products um as well and target is a master at this oh, yeah. i don't know if you've all noticed that while you shop there but like they are a master of des- like getting products that appeal to mm-hmm. design aesthetics of people like me <laughs> right who shop there Um, And so this is the quote I'm going to read from you from chapter two. This is right after that part. In an age of abundance, appealing only to rational, logical, and functional needs is woefully insufficient. Engineers must figure out how to get things to work. But if those things are not also pleasing to the eye or compelling to the soul, few will buy them. There are too many other options. Mastery of design, empathy, play, and other seemingly soft aptitudes is now the main way for individuals and firms to stand out in a crowded marketplace. And so he's talking about business um, and the business world and selling products, but I wonder if this also applies to education. So I'm thinking about the interplay between design and some of those other skills. He talks about empathy, play, telling a compelling story, And our role as teachers to to do that for our students in the way we design our classrooms, in the way we design our lessons, even in the aesthetic of the school itself, right? Yeah. What role does design play? What role should it play? Mm-hmm. Um, and how important is it? So that's kind of my question. Wow, that's that's really interesting to to hear you saying that because I'm thinking about so the public high school in our town they just built a brand new right. high school building and it is gorgeous yes and it is it is a wonder to walk through it and to see how well designed it is and it has me thinking immediately as you're saying that um, something that they were really intentional as they were designing that building was they asked the question what kind of pedagogy do we want to embody and right. how how does the physical space embody that pedagogy? they were making design decisions based on what kind of learning experiences they wanted students to have right. which is a radical shift i feel like yeah. for how schools in the past have been built that's what i'm thinking right, right. so it's not just this box of four walls and we're just going right. to set some desks in there and yeah the teacher has a podium and go right yeah. like what kinds of seating, the way the lighting is designed. Uh, there's a lot of windows. There's a lot mm-hmm. of glass. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, 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 it is a gorgeous space, but it also changes what's possible because right. of the way that it's designed. Right. And anyone right. who's taught in more than one space. So here at, at university, yeah. right, it's, it's normal for us to teach in a variety of rooms. Yep. Yep. And anyone who has done that knows the impact of the physical space yeah, on totally your class content on your class mood on your like the dynamic right it shifts if if you're in a different spot yeah so my tacit lived example that i've taught introduction education i think i've taught the course 15 times now over Mm -hmm. how many years Mm -hmm. i've taught it in seven different classrooms on this campus and i can teach it the same i'm putting that in air quotes right but the class does not unfold the same way. If, if I'm in Absolutely. a different room, if I'm in a room that's designed for a lecture, like mm-hmm. they, they're sitting there ready to listen and not right. talk. If, right. if I'm teaching in a classroom where we've got tables and they're sitting facing each other, it's like they can't wait to yeah. talk about things. And even how the tables are arranged, right? So I've yes. taught in classrooms with the same exact tables, and if they're arranged all facing the front versus if they're arranged in pods of four, yep. completely different atmosphere. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. No, it made me... First of all, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the next time I go to Target and not, I'm going to have to go look at <laughs> yes. toilet brushes. Right. I've never for thought real. about that. No, for real. Things it's, you haven't thought about before. It's really, it's really interesting. But it does make me, 
as you were talking about that, Abby, it does make me think about like when you're in a mall or a store, um, just this idea of how beauty shapes our desires, you know, to go back to, to, to Jamie Smith, right? Like how we are, for most of us, we're drawn to beautiful things. And Toilet Brush is a great example Mm -hmm. of that actually, because it, because it's not something you would think about like, oh, I, I, I'm going to Target to look for the most beautiful right. toilet brush. Right. But, I mean, so but then when you see, well, maybe you are, okay, <laughs> yeah. but, but when you're sitting there, how can you not notice that? And then how that impacts your decisions and your choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about that in a school. Like, how might a beautiful space impact our pedagogy mm-hmm. choices? Because because I've, I've taught now, and I've only been here a couple of years, and I've taught in three um, classrooms, all radically different, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it makes me, in knowing the space I have, it's interesting to me how that impacts my planning. Oh, because I start now yeah. thinking, what are all the things that are possible in this mm-hmm. space? Because mm-hmm. I'm in this space, now I can do this, now I can try that, now I can experiment with this. And that's not to say that, because Dave, I've seen you in a lecture hall when I visited you last year, yeah, and it was right. still amazing to me how much engagement there was, but it's different. It's but, different. It's more yeah. complex. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think, you know, the space I visited you in with everybody facing the front, mm-hmm. um, it's easier in a sense for students to opt out of engaging each other, build yeah. relationship, yeah. trust, engaging the, um, the topic at hand. Um, and I'm in a classroom right now. I, I love it. Uh, I hope I teach there every semester. <laughs> it's got tables on wheels. It's mm-hmm. it's not too wide and like it, we're all sort of together. There's a built-in yeah. community yep. to that. Um, I, I wander around as as I teach and listen. And you're you're in that room with screens on three different walls. Screens so on three different walls, so they can see it from wherever. So so it's yeah. a hospitable space yeah, that way, yeah. even right. So. It's hospitable in terms of community of people sitting in small pods. Mm-hmm. It's hospitable in terms of, hey, like often I turn the lighting down. It's mm-hmm. hospitable in terms of having different different right. screens. Like it's good, it's good design. And and I think about the correlation between um, good design and physical space and student learning. And I okay. think, and I can only speak for myself, but I think when I started teaching, I undervalued that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I undervalued natural Absolutely. light. I undervalued, you know, give you know, like when I did my student teaching, I did it in a literally in a room off the side of a stage in oh, a yeah. school with no windows. And I was like, oh, I can make this work. And of course you can make it work. It's your right. job to make it work as a teacher. But, but. Don't tell me that right. that's what's best for but, student learning. And also, I mean, you don't always have control over where you teach your physical space, right? Cool. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. But you can also um, control the things that you can make beautiful, right? Yes. So I always am amazed that I have a thing for like a good syllabus paper, right? I always have the print shop print them in color. Mm-hmm. And they have this mm-hmm. like special paper they always print them on. The, the good paper. The good paper. I know what you're talking about. The good paper, <laughs> right? And so when they print them in color, and I hand them out to my students, I every single time someone comments, oh, yeah. "This is a really pretty syllabus." Yeah. Right, and they'll they'll feel the paper, yeah. and they'll and I think that communicates something about mm-hmm. the course, mm-hmm. right? I think that choice yep. on my part, and I I also 
am really picky about how I, I, I visually design my syllabus yes. and I spent a lot of time on it yep. and I'm really consistent across my courses with it um, because I think it's really important. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm thinking about that line, right? Like you're, you use the phrase, I'm communicating something about mm -hmm. it. And I'm thinking about like this idea, like the medium is the message, right? right? Like, oh, yeah. so, so I'm thinking about that, like, what are we communicating? Like, I'm thinking about that again, thinking about that for myself or just in teaching in general. And um, what are we communicating in, in how we set up the desks in our room, mm -hmm. right? What are we, what are we communicating about what goes on the wall and what doesn't go mm -hmm. on the wall? Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I, I I remember I, I learned from one teacher when I became an elementary school um, principal that was insistent about on um, students having their names on the front of the paper when she hung it up so everybody knew that that yes. beautiful work was done mm -hmm. by that by this beautiful mm -hmm. child. Well, that communicates that mm -hmm. communicates how we value the good and beautiful work that are, that right. our students yeah. are are doing. And so I sometimes, and I've been in classrooms, right, where you walk in where, yeah, it can be sensory overload, right? Like yeah. what that's like for a student. And I and I walked into classroom when there's there's nothing on the walls right. either. And there's, that, there's definitely a line to walk. There's a line to walk, yeah. right? And, and I'd even encourage teachers to in, invite other teachers into their class and say, give me mm -hmm. feedback on... Yes. On what works yes. and what does what doesn't here. Well, because that's the thing that I'm taking from our conversation so far, just the sense of intentionality that mm -hmm. has to yeah. show up. Like if it's good yeah. design, it's intentionally designed. It's not haphazard and random. Yeah. It's it's thoughtful. Yeah. Uh, there's another podcast I listen to quite a bit called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, and mm -hmm. it's it's an odd one. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. it's all about design, and the name comes from this idea. Like if it's good design, mm -hmm. it's ninety nine percent invisible. Ooh, that's good. Like you well, don't even notice yeah. it because it's so well designed. Yeah. And so like architecture and yes. yeah, art and okay, yeah. but. The story Canvas. to tell, yeah, like for our online yeah. presence, for yes. for the courses that we teach or here, or whatever, whatever your learning platform is, right, right, mm -hmm. and the way that you lay it out, that kind of intentionality and attention yeah. to detail yeah. that really does matter, and that's part of creating this yeah. hospitable yeah. space, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I can I ask you? I think you have probably give due to your experience in the classroom as I'm re-entering after being a principal. Um, what do you think of what comes to mind when we talk about about a beautiful design when it comes to lesson planning. Mm -hmm. Can you guys mm -hmm. give some initial, yeah, what, what sort of comes to mind when you think of that? So, well, in light of what I just said, right, that sense of intentionality yeah. uh, about mm -hmm. everything, I think that's really a key part of it. Um, it's interesting to say beauty in, in lesson design, because I guess I'm, I'm thinking about this sometimes, um, I want to be careful about equating good design to being creative, but I think being creative often leads to good designs, mm -hmm. if I can say it mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Outside the box, yeah. thinking yeah. a little bit. Right, and and yeah. I sometimes have students, when I'm teaching lesson planning to them, they say, well, I'm just not that creative. But I say, oh, come on. You're an image bearer of God. You right. were created to create. Everyone right. is creative. Mm -hmm. Creative. Everyone is creative because that's part of how we reflect yeah. God's image yeah. in, in us. And so they might not always feel artistic, but I don't think right. artistic and creative is the same. Right. We've had that discussion with my students as yeah. well. I just was reading something by, I can't remember his name, but he wrote, Teach Like a Pirate. 
Oh, uh, Dave Burgess. Dave okay. Burgess yeah. And he talks about um, how his outside of school interests totally fuel his inside of school creativity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think he's really into magic and um, random other hobbies. And he'll talk about the ways that he calls it alchemy, right? How it kind of comes together in his lessons hmm. sometimes because he is in all of those other things that fuels his creative thinking yeah. versus if he was only thinking about the classroom. Right. And so. I think that has something to do with it too, right? How are we as creative people nurturing our own creativity mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. the classroom and how can that also yeah. follow and, through And there? creativity takes on a lot of different shapes, right? So it doesn't have to be something artistic right. or musical or theatrical, mm -hmm. right? Like, it can be humor. Yeah. It can or, be... Like yeah. I always think, I come back to things like cooking and baking, right? Like I, I like to cook. I'm, I'm not a great cook, but there's something generative and yeah. something creative. Like literally, I'm creating mm -hmm. something by. I like doing to build it, things, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that's where I also feel like, and we've talked about this before. For those maybe who, because I, I know I don't always feel very creative. I believe you that I, we are all creative. I don't always feel yeah. it mm -hmm. like I lead with creativity, but that. So that's where for me, I feel like. Um, protocols have been so helpful right. because they yep. because they allow you they give you a structure yes but they still allow you to be creative and try and try different things Sweet. so I, I I'm so thankful folks if you have not um, if you do not use protocols yeah. Dave have, I know there's a couple of great yeah but I think that's often the case for real creativity knowing what the parameters are yeah. right. and then and then working like within those parameters if, you, if yes. it's a wide open sandbox right. and then like you know I agree. Uh, right but knowing and then knowing okay what are the rules that i can bend what are the rules mm. i can break right. you know within so, those parameters I, and i i agree with that i have a very set rhythm mm -hmm. in one of my introductory courses that i set same types of assignments every week yep. kind of do on the same day so that students know what to accept but the variety inside those assignments is yeah. wide and right that's where so you keep them on their toes right and right. so they're they always expect an admit slip right yeah. one or two a week but the what i have them do inside of that admit slip varies widely so in yeah. the last week they've done like they actually had to design a concept map of an article reread right where they right. had to use color and images mm -hmm. to convey what the article said they had to to do a flipgrid video where they were practicing presenting and summarizing yeah. part yeah. of the book so yeah. and they had to answer some questions Right, yeah. what you would think of as a kind of regular run-of-the-mill school assignment, and so inside that structure, right, uh, that structure gives me freedom yep. to yeah. to implement creative assignments. Yeah, for so for those of you who who maybe like me don't feel like that's that you lead with that, I do I do think there's options yeah. to mm -hmm. help with that. Um, and I think one of the things for me that I, I got to a place with protocols is that I realized I started using protocols when I when I got to a place of realizing this is what's best for students. Mm -hmm. Like right? And in the end it was and it was amazing the more I used the more I use continue to use protocols, um, the more thankful I am for them because it mm -hmm. also because there's such a, a wide array, it invites different types of students. Um, into yes, the learning, into the learning, right? Like so, for some, um, the the written response is exactly what they mm -hmm. want. For others, it's they need the walking around, they mm -hmm. need the turn to your elbow partner, mm -hmm. and they need to write something on the board or to draw a symbol. Like there's just so many different ways. 
Um, because in the end, they, they allow you know us to be creative as teachers, but they invite creativity out of right. out of students, yeah. which I think which is what I think we want to be doing. Right, absolutely. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. And whether it is this day or this week or this month, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And as you go into this week, we just want to send you with this blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a good day. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGrote, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Dave and Abby, good I'm sorry to see you. I'm laughing. Abby's taking a big drink out of her cup, and I'm looking at her like, head. you? No, it's me. Welcome to my world, folks. We're just trying to be organized here. Uh, I'm just trying to drink my coffee while it's hot. The sabotage is real. All right. Start over. Maybe. Morning.